you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. The Around the NFL podcast is familiar with the Human Resources Department. <laughs> Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. And that's not all. Seated immediately to my left, she's the host of Total Access on NFL Network. That is the flagship program of NFL Network. She is... Lindsay Rhodes. That's for your Emmy reel. What? what? It's <laughs> never going away. Lindsay doesn't even get to say hello anymore. Like the drop <laughs> is various or salutations. <laughs> if you could hold your greeting, we have an old you on tape. <laughs> What's up, Lindsay? Hi, how are you? Thanks for coming back on. And you're, you're familiar with the human resources department because you see them in the break room. I don't know. That was. Uh, is there something I don't know about the? No, that's why HR? I liked it. I had no backstory to that, but it just seemed. Well, I mean, we've filed, we've threatened to file multiple complaints against Greg specifically. <laughs> so there is some familiarity. It is a, a He's super shady like that. It is a money drop that perhaps paints us in an unflattering uh, light as some of know, us creepsters. Yeah, I which think I don't think probably. Do you get that vibe from? Absolutely. <laughs> She's right. When you're right, you're right. This is the Tuesday edition of the Around the NFL podcast. Sponsored, of course. I mean, this is big time, Lindsay. Scott Trade, a good friend of ours, sponsoring the podcast. All your, you know, whenever you need to make an investment, you go to Scott. I think that that's the best way to sell a product is if you say all your, you know. <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs> A sh- by the way, a shadowy leaf. You know figure. what they sell. They Financial sell. stuff. A shadowy leaf figure <laughs> has already given me a note on that. You got to sell a little harder, but I'm I'm learning. I'm learning about this quote unquote financial world. 
Well, yeah. it would help if they gave you some tools to get involved in the financial world with. Yeah, I don't have anything to invest, so I'll never mm. need their services. But it shows what a Quiet smart uh, <laughs> investment company they are to be investing in us. Yes. You know what I'm saying? They're watching, too, because Long there was Long-term gains. They are. Right. There was a They're buying low right now. And this this stock is soaring. They're there was looking. a meeting where they were they watched one of our videos. Yes. That did not have Scott Trade in the background, and there was concern, I believe, directly from <laughs> Scott Trade, the company. Why is our name not on this video? Well, it was one of these now hits, and I had to clear it up with the sales department this morning. Something I didn't even have to tell Greg about. Just in, doing some work behind the scenes to help in the fact, department. It, you know, as such a team player. Another MVP coin coming <laughs> Mark's way. If you follow um, the stock market at all, it's been very. Up and down. Some people are nervous. That's what it does. If you read between the lines, anytime a stock dives downward, it's when we don't do a podcast. Wow. <laughs> I was wondering where I you know were going with that and works. if you were doing legitimate stock analysis. I was like, please don't do that on this podcast. <laughs> so, Scott Trade, thank you for sponsoring us, believing in us when no one else would. <laughs> uh, but today's show is going to be a good one. I'm excited about today's show, cause not only because Linz is here. Uh, but also because uh, some news to get to. The coaching searches are over. All seven vacancies have been filled. Uh, so we'll uh, talk about the last two in Philly and in Nashville. Um, some other league news. Of course, Championship Sunday coming up. So over the next two shows, we will begin to really dig into that. And uh, we will talk about Brady Manning, 17. Now, Lindsay, I'm, I'm sure you're not. Whether thinking. you want us to or not. Right. What we'll try to do <laughs> so is true. bring, you know, a, a unique take, something different, a little nuance. Look at it from a different perspective. Absolutely, Chris. And uh, also, we're going to do something we haven't done in a while. We're going to open up the mailbag. Mm. How about that? I'm excited. So there's the show today. How you doing, Lassie, behind the glass? Doing great. So how's everybody else? <sighs> good, it's good. Right. We're fine. Couldn't be better. Excellent. It's fine. I'm a little under the weather. I'm powering through. You've been powering through for a couple months now, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, because you've that. been That's sick how it for is, a little huh? bit. Yeah, I have been. I have been. I'm trying to shake this. How did I get seated next to him? <laughs> that is a fair question. I needed a buffer. Well, I'll be backing up. Dan makes all seating choices. I'll leave it at that. Exactly. <laughs> That's where the HR stuff comes in. Um, so, hey, why don't we do some news, Sydney? <laughs> sure thing. <laughs> <laughs> malarkey. Malarkey slang for bullshit, isn't it? Yes, sir. <laughs> Wes, that one got you. That was oh, yeah, one. that was awesome. That was a good one. Uh, yes. Not ready for that. Mike Malarkey, uh, against all odds, has lost the interim tag and is now the Tennessee Titans head coach. Uh, this after a 2-7 and seven finish after replacing Ken Wisenhunt. He was um, introduced... On Monday, uh, he believed – I believe he made a comment that, you know, we, it's time for a fresh start. But a lot of criticism, guys, coming Tennessee's way. We call them the Titans because, you know, they don't necessarily deserve to be analyzed. The rest we do with the 31 other teams because they're so boring and they always seem to make bad choices. And guess what, Lindsay? This feels like a shaky choice by Tennessee. It, it does seem surprising that they had a list of 155 155- – names uh, that they were going to take a look at, and the one they ended up with was the person who already had an office down the hall. But I, I mean, that's how love works sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're defending this hire. I'm right. not. I'm just saying it. I'm not saying it. You worked. were actually 
openly disgusted as you were watching the press conference on Monday. Just be honest about the situation. Wasn't an assignment I was itching for, but uh, it was an overly long press conference where what what got me upset was at one point Steve Underwood, I believe, the president CEO, who has a, a an amazing mustache. And yeah, no, he, can't even his, tell when he's talking. He <laughs> looks <laughs> rumble. He's very impressive looking from a certain point of view, but. <laughs> At one point, the beat writers, who I don't think this is a hard-hitting group of beat writers for the most part down in Tennessee. What group? Right. It's it's hardly a group. It's not Philadelphia. But they were coming at him saying, hold on. You keep telling us about this search and all how thorough you were. And just as you said, Lindsay, you came back to the guy that bottomed out as an interim coach to finish the season. How do you explain to the frustrated fans? And his response was, Oh, I didn't even know the fans were frustrated. I don't know why they would be frustrated. <laughs> it's just a completely d- deep disconnect with a fan base at this point is getting no attention from the team making its decisions. Well, Mike Malarkey is not an inspiring head coach. At no point, even when he's a coordinator, can you really point to this is what Mike Malarkey accomplished. This is where he was innovative. And I was really struck when they asked him about developing quarterbacks, and all he talked about was Cordell Stewart and Tommy Maddox. And Whoa! I think, I'm Whoa! Thinking, I'm thinking that's 15 years ago, first of all. Second of all— Neither of those guys are going to the hall. No, I mean, I guess what he was saying was they maximized Cordell's abilities one year, and then they switched to Tommy Maddox. But that's the thing. I always look for a coach. What are you bringing to the table? If nothing else, Chip Kelly, for instance, is bringing to the table a guy who had a top-five scoring offense with Mark Sanchez and Nick Foles. Malarkey, he's not an inspiring public figure. He's been in the building. He's been a head coach a couple times before. He is 18-39 and as a head coach. The most noteworthy thing he ever did as a head coach was walk away from a job in Buffalo. The second most noteworthy thing he ever did was lose in week 17 as the coach of the Bills against the Steelers backups. When, with a playoff spot on the line, it was one of the all-time chokes of the last 20 years. You want to talk about pain rankings and painful losses. You played against backups when you were trying to get to the playoffs, and they lost. And that's basically the last time Malarkey had a halfway decent season. And let's look at the most recent sample size. And this isn't pile on Mike Malarkey day, although it feels yes, like it. Is. It's like... If you watch any of those Titans games, there were business decisions all over the field. Those guys didn't look like they were playing hard. Usually, an interim coach usually doesn't keep the job, I feel like, in most cases, if you looked at the numbers. And he certainly didn't look like he was going to keep the job the way they finished. They played uninspired football, so that made it even more stunning that it seemed like they just zeroed in. And it makes you think there's something else cooking in an unsettled ownership situation. The whole franchise is in flux that they made this, and he becomes the new Jim Tom Sula of 2016 and then is sent to the Wolves. Well, there's a handful of teams that have a new GM that kept a coach around or went out and hired a very familiar face like Malarkey. And those, to me, are the prime candidates for a one-and-done situation because if it's not going well, that new hand-picked GM is going to want to pick the guy that he wants himself, that he knows, not the guy he inherited. Wasn't this the guy who held back the Falcons offense with Julio Jones, Roddy White, and Matt Ryan until they hired Dirk Cutter to kind of bring out what they could yes. do? I mean, this is... I was trying to think what's the opposite of inspired, but Fortunately, the English language gives us prefixes like un, uninspired. Wes taking shots at English. I I, th- I think it's interesting <laughs> that they just didn't wait, too. Why why did they rush to hire him instead of waiting until the playoffs were done and at least going through the motions of talking to somebody like Josh McDaniels Absolutely. or Matt Patricia and making it look like you really have covered all your bases? And McDaniels reportedly on our network was very interested in the Titans job yeah. because you have Marcus Mariota. That's the thing is you feel bad – 
uh, for Mariota. And you feel bad for the fan base because here's an opening press conference where you should have some hope. And instead, it's Mike Malarkey really just insisting it's not the same old from last year. That was one of the quotes. And you're also having questions to the ownership saying oh, that in admitting that the commissioner, Roger Goodell, has mentioned that the league is not happy with some things about their ownership structure, which is very confusing. And What, that there's 75 layers of leadership? And, and then you also have... Ian Rappaport and them admitting during the press conference the GM was hired essentially before he had any choice to make a, a choice in the head coach. The ownership had decided, basically, if you're going to get this job, you have to take Mike Malarkey as your head coach. Bad so, organizations do not give their fan bases hope. That's the easiest to me. If you want to spot a bad organization, do you give your fans hope? And the Titans haven't for three years. The Eagles do not have a Super Bowl title in their history, but there's hope in Philly, and it seems like Jeff Lurie uh, runs a shift that you can get behind a little bit, and he made the decision to hire Doug Peterson, uh, the former Chiefs offensive coordinator. He Peterson was announced uh, in a, a press conference by the team or introduced in a press conference by the team on Tuesday, um, and uh, so Peterson is the guy, of course, the Philly media Greg immediately uh, seized upon some of the time uh, management issues and the playoff loss to the the Pats because they can't think of Andy Reid. They they always think of Reid, obviously, in Philly. So Peterson's there, but it, it, right away you see he's going to have an uphill battle in that market. Right. There's not going to be a huge honeymoon period because this is a guy who's been with the organization before, and it feels like a return to Andy Reid. And I did an article on the website, you know, ranking the coaching hirings. When I found out that Doug Peterson was the guy, the only calls he's ever pl- – he's ever made as a pro in the pros is the chiefs two minute situations and situational football. And Wes, we've talked about on the podcast, they're one of the worst two minute uh, teams in the NFL. And so that knocked NFL them down history. a spot. Yep. I decided to knock them down a spot mm. for that five minute death march that the chiefs had. Why not? Because it speaks to his philosophy. And he also told Jenny Brentis of the uh, MMQB a few weeks ago that Alex Smith is what he looks for exactly in a quarterback in the NFL. That's what he wants. Somebody can run the West Coast offense, dink and dunk the ball down the field. That doesn't really inspire the fan base. Yeah, but this is the total situation where the Eagles ownership went out and tried to get the super, super like hot person to date, but they were a wild nightmare to deal with. And so it's the bounce back where you go and get the very safe, secure, probably the next door neighbor that you didn't realize till about a month ago. Oh, wait. They're kind of amazing. Like, I'm into that next-door neighbor. That's, well, Brian, that's Brian, Doug Peterson. That's Brian Billick uh, compared it to having a midlife crisis. Mm. But ironically, you believe that Doug Peterson is immediately one of the hottest NFL coaches in terms of his looks. Sure. You Give me a break. That's what Mark was saying. He was ranking him high. I'm not going to leave Mark hanging on this. I think Peterson immediately vaults into the top ten and maybe the top five. That hair is a problem. <laughs> he looks like a backup singer for George Jones and Conway Twitty about to go into Hee Oh. It's oh, a, it sounds like it we're us. being really critical of Peterson. We have no idea. There's just no way to know how Peterson is going to be. Like he, he seemed like he has a good command of the room and that that sort of thing. He hired Jim Schwartz as defensive coordinator, which I think is a huge get. Yeah, that he's is a good. Been, hire. He's been a good defensive coordinator, and he doesn't have. To, we know Doug Peterson's not going to be running a defense, so that's going to be a big help to him to have Schwartz he, there. A lot of talent on that defense. He spoke highly of Demarco Murray, which was a obvious hint. I know he's under contract, guaranteed money next year that they'll probably try to make it work again with Murray or uh, that might be the plan as of right now. And he also spoke highly of Sam Bradford. If you're looking for uh, clues about what their team's going to look like, here's a direct quote. I think Sam's a quality quarterback. No, no, Doug, double down. 
Okay, Dan. I think he's a top-notch quarterback. <laughs> Look at what he did in the last half of the season, the numbers he was able to put up. He's a quarterback that would fit perfectly into, into the system I'm going to bring. Did I, did I miss Sam Bradford well, having a great second half? Well, I mean, he's the guy that is there. They're not going to, True. you know, burn any bridges. That doesn't – I don't Bring in Chase Daniel. That. Chase Daniel, who tweeted a very nice thing yes, he about yeah. He's a free Mr. agent, Peterson and he knows today. Peterson's offense. Andy Reid brought Peterson in in 1999 because he knew Reid's offense. Mm. Figured there might be some carry over there. That makes a lot of sense. Chase Daniel, former Making the Leap candidate. It's not too late to make that leap, Chase. I mean, <laughs> Chase republish Daniel. republish that article. Re Chase it. Daniel wins. <laughs> every, Chase your not. destiny. If you have a Week 17 game against the Chargers, Chase Daniels, it's been proven he's unstoppable. I think he's 2-0 <laughs> and in those situations. Uh, let's move on to the Green Bay Packers, who once again uh, are recovering after a crushing playoff loss. This time it was that instant classic in Arizona, the, the loss in overtime, 26-20. to 20. Uh, in the uh, post-mortem press conference, uh, Mike McCarthy uh, put Eddie Lacy on blast. And, you know, we people have been talking, Mark, I remember it in, in the early nascent days of, of the Around the NFL blog. Uh, there was a, a post that we did where everyone on Twitter was freaking out because Eddie Lacy looked fat in his rookie uh, camp workout. Uh, so people have always talked about Lacey being maybe carrying too much weight. But this time a Packers official, and namely the head coach, came out and said something. Uh, he's got a lot of work to do. His offseason last year was not good enough, good enough, and he never recovered from it. He cannot play at the weight he played at this year. Uh, so there you go. His carries were down uh, substantially this season. His, his uh, production was down. Did not find the end zone much. Just wasn't the same player. And when you look at all the issues that plagued that offense this year, and Jordy Nelson was at the top, but Lacey regressing is something no one predicted, and it killed him. It was embarrassing, that 61-yard run in the playoffs. He didn't reach more than 17 miles an hour on a 61-yard on a run. I think he's the first player in the NFL this season to do that by next-gen stats. Mm. It's embarrassing. He should have scored on that play. You're hurting your team. Feels like we saw a couple running backs getting chased down from behind during this these playoffs. But with Lacey, I really feel like if he does not show an immediate commitment change in the offseason to get his body right, that's how running backs sometimes have that big surge is when they lose that weight, they get in shape. But if he doesn't, I would not be surprised to see him shopped. Well, this is it, because if if he comes to camp, Lindsay, and he is not him he's not looking good, what else do you need to know that another guy is never gonna see the light? But I think he will. I think he made some comments, too, about the fact that sometimes when things come too easily for you, you kind of sit back and think that you can, uh, like, relax a little bit in terms of your preparation, that kind of stuff. And I think that – I think he understands that that's what happened to him this year, and that's why things didn't pan out this year the way they did last year for him. So, um, I mean, I, I think Mike McCarthy is sort of stating the obvious there. Mm. I, I – I'm a little bit um, displeased with the way that this has all gone down in the last few weeks. It's become like fat shaming Eddie Lacy. It's one thing if it's analysis, but there were so many jokes making their way around Twitter about him having tweeted things about food. And if you look at the date, it's like, so that one was from 2012 and that one was from 2013. You compiled like 12. Tw I'm like, Did anyone in this room do that? No. Okay. I'm like, well, I feel, no. I like no. see these smiles. It would like, have been oh, me, crap. but I did not. No, try. I was smiling because everybody on Twitter is an amateur comedian. But it just, it was a lot. And I'm like, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a person and he obviously has some, maybe some issues with food and don't, 
I, I get it. Like, Preach, this, Lindsay. It's, it's an, I like it. There is some analysis there with regards to his weight, like an offensive lineman who can't make weight, that kind of stuff. But it just it, it, it's crossed the line into being mean and like an appropriate joke at his expense. And I just mm. so in that sense, I wish that Mike McCarthy, although he certainly didn't do anything wrong and he wasn't, you know, piling on. But I, I kind of wish that he had just not even acknowledged the weight and just said he needs to do some work to, you know, be in shape for next if, season or something. If comedy is obvious, it's not funny too. So it's bad. It's bad humor. Well, Lacey, the weight to me is a symptom of something they're not happy with. Is that he doesn't take his job as seriously? He as doesn't love like. football. So the and weight come out and said that. the weight is part of that. That's why he was benched. I think there's been talk about you know missing meetings, things like that. So it, it's one part of a bigger story. Back in the old days, everyone used. To, I mean, not the old days, but I mean. The NFL used to be littered with tons of players that have weight problems. That's kind of gone away in this era. That was professional sports. Where they're ultra well, professionals and there's more money. Well, and training more camp everything. was to actually get in shape. Right. <laughs> when you're making $6 million a year, you're expected to be in right, shape. Right, it's different. And, Wes, I like obvious jokes, by the way. <laughs> Just me. I don't think, hey, this guy's 30 pounds overweight. Let's make fun of his. Maybe not that obvious. That's not humor. Uh, Wes's humor podcast that will be coming up in the off season. <laughs> he breaks down all a that's one man funny. show. Maybe yes. I can get Jesselnick on. <laughs> <laughs> that's that, right. Ooh, I like that. Co-host of the uh, Rosenthal and Jesselnick <laughs> Vanity Project available on iTunes. All right, let's <laughs> move on. that in. <laughs> let's move on to other Packers news. Uh, Clay Matthews, who was a, uh, I believe, an All Pro outside linebacker once upon a time, you know, was piling up fifteen plus sack seasons. They move him to the inside, and that you know that had decidedly. Mixed results, and uh, now the plan, according to McCarthy, this also came out of his uh, presser, is that the goal is to move him back to outside linebacker in 2016, where he is a, quote, great weapon and, quote, so destructive. Uh, Lindsay, this is a former USC product. Like you, your thoughts? <laughs> well, A, fight on. Okay. And B, I mean, you took me there. Uh, I, 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 so his stats are down, obviously. On the inside, they're going to be. Uh, I think it's a strong statement to how good a football player he is that you can move him inside and that he's still effective, although statistically speaking, less so than on the outside. I think obviously he'd prefer to be on the outside and rushing every single time as opposed to like 10 times a game like he was this year. This is one of those cases, though, the fans – the fans have a certain opinion that why would you do this? This is stupid. And ultimately the coaches agreed with it, that he wasn't a special player at inside linebacker. He had liabilities. And it, even though they only did it out of necessity in the middle of the 2014 season, it was a little weird to go back to it and really try to coach him up on it. And they're admitting defeat, but it makes sense. It's, it's good to admit, admit it was a mistake. Yeah, you just, but that was two years of his prime that you just, right. Yeah. It's so it. much easier to find an inside linebacker who's adequate than to stash your best pass rusher and lose that part of his game. I also want to see if they bring Julius Peppers back at his cost because he himself is weighing retirement, and that would affect – I mean, automatically that would change their defense quite a bit. Mike Neal is a free agent. I think Guion's a free agent. Perry's a free agent. They have a lot of work to do uh, in their front Speaking seven. of free agent, um, James Starks is also a free agent. Back to the Lacey thing for one second. So they got some decisions to make. How much do you trust Eddie Lacey? Uh, moving on to a team that is still playing, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Ron Rivera uh, said uh, on Monday that he's banning hoverboards from the Panthers facility. He he had this to say, we don't want them running around because we don't want something crazy happening here. 
uh, we're trying to limit their exposure to injury. And uh, he said the last straw came when he caught some players, quote, drag racing in the hallway one time. Can you imagine uh, drag racing with your teammate? You're having a great time, and then the freaking coach turns the corner, and you just got banged. It's a tough situation. <laughs> well, how about banning the hoverboard because you're an adult? <laughs> what's, like, what are you, what's going on here? Yeah, that or, you know, they explode. Straight up. Well, that's my favorite part of it was his quote. Have you seen those things on YouTube blowing up? <laughs> Which brought up all sorts of questions in my head. Like, you have? Like, yeah, Ron well, Rivera's sitting there, like, searching he he YouTube. Like, <laughs> He's got to blow off some steam. And if you uh, – yeah, I wrote the post on this on Around the NFL, and I, I included something. Lindsay didn't see because she printed <laughs> up the ESPN version I see next to me. Wow. Of the same that, was, post. that was said for my benefit. Uh, but uh, I did include – if you put hoverboard accidents in YouTube, it brings up all these exploding toys. And it also brings up Mike Tyson nearly killing himself. Uh, falling down, you know, in a way that even Buster Douglas would be envious of how how hard Tyson <laughs> went down. Uh, so yeah, nobody should use it. And by the way, let's be honest here: if you know your film history, hoverboards popularized on Back to the Future too. Sure, those things float. So they don't touch the ground. That's not a hoverboard. Yeah, doesn't they're, a hoverboard the have to hover? hover? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a segway. It's a segway without. The you know. Let's not act like handlebars. we've gotten there technologically. What a Starting joke. to call things hoverboards when they're not. It's, it's false absurd. advertising. Yeah. Hey, we hoverboards, come back to us. Get there first. <laughs> Build think, it. So you're saying I should return my year-end present to the group, <laughs> the hoverboard. <laughs> well, it says something that you and Ron Rivera see the world differently, that you would let your charges ride around on a hoverboard <laughs> where he would put his foot down. So that's a good thing on, on your part, Greg. No, we won't need to go to HR. <laughs> not yet. Another Ron Rivera quote. You bring one of those things in here, and they short-circuit. And the next thing you know, we've got a freaking fire here. Hey. <laughs> we got a freaking fire. <laughs> At least he's not a micromanager. I love Ron Rivera. He's great. He's the riverboat uh, gambler. If you're a real riverboat, you let all the guys on hoverboards and just have some fun. How great is that, can, that matchup going to be for that reason? Right? Mm. Ron Rivera and the mm. whole gambling aspect, which we don't do in the NFL. No, 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 and no. Bruce Arians. That's true. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a good game. No That's biscuit. What, no biscuit. I love that. I know. That's what's happening in the NFL uh, today. Uh, one last uh, bit of news on Thursday, Lindsay. This will be news to you as well as the audience. Uh, we all went out to dinner to Cheesecake Factory. Uh, compliments of Ed and Barbara. Barbara Sessler. My parents. The Sesslers. Oh, yeah. It was a great it's time. Good, yeah. Great dinner. Great parents. They're regular <laughs> listeners. Well, your dad admitted he's not a regular listener, but I don't blame him. My what? mom listens a lot, and she referenced it to where she proved it. So, well, they're great people. It. She she's a football savant. She she win. She used to win the football pool in the Sessler household year yep. after year. But it says a lot about my lack of abilities too. But she <laughs> she is good. But I got I had no idea the the reference all this time, even though I wrote about it during the hard knock season. Bang bang chicken and shrimp is on the Cheesecake Factory menu. Yeah, I never knew that either. I saw that recently. I got it. Did, was it good? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> well, Cheesecake they, they Factory, will not be your advertise. next sponsor yeah. right. of the Around the NFL yeah, podcast. Yeah, good. But, uh, yeah, Ed and, B- and Babs, great company. Well, they enjoyed meeting you guys. It was hard to get time. a gauge. I couldn't. There were a couple times where I said something where I, it looked like Ed was like, what the f- is wrong with this guy? No, no, not so. at all. He found you very entertaining. <laughs> Are you allowed to do that? I found you very entertaining. 
<laughs> no, Sydney doesn't like Dan right Sorry, now. Sorry, She's going to have to beep that out. Um, we'll get that in post. FYI, and I'm just going to butt in here with my yeah. own sidebar. Um, yeah, I know where you're going with this. Is it Cheesecake Factory related? Michael Berger, <laughs> who is the television producer of Around the NFL, Friend of the show here. is texting me wildly as we're sitting up here because he's very angry that I'm back on. Oh, no. And what really? He has not been invited. Berger uh, does great work downstairs as a producer on the network side, but and he's been on our show twice. He did a great job last he time. Was he was just on. Good. He was on before the last time you were on. It's been made clear that he's on every two and a half years, and <laughs> <had> another <laughs> like clear. easily two plus years. Part of the contract, we've fulfilled our end. <laughs> he did an excellent job. Uh, so yes, thank you to the Sesslers. Let's move on <clears throat> and talk about yes, Peyton. Brady 17. Oh, my goodness. And this really could be. It could be the last one. It should be the last one. It'll be very depressing if Peyton Manning's trying to throw a football uh, at age 40, considering how he's done it at 38 and 39. So let's just savor this matchup coming up on Sunday, and um, we will ask a question. You know, throw it out there to the group, um, because I think there is some nuance to this. It's not going to be an obvious one. I'm framing this as if I came up with a question it was Greg, but I am the one asking it. You really, really therefore, it Daddy gets the credit. Here we go. Who would lose? <clears throat> Let me get it right. It's always been a little disturbing that Dan calls himself Daddy in front of it, all of us. All right. Stay focused on the segment. Uh, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. For whom would a loss in the AFC Championship game on Sunday be more devastating? Lindsay I'm buzzes in. First. Yes. Uh, obviously Peyton. Obviously Peyton. Let's hear why. White, obviously. Thank you. Is there anyone else who really is going to make an argument for Brady? Let me just show of hands real quick. I am. Dan and I are both. Come on. That. Contrarian okay. corner. Over I'm going to turn Not over contrarian. here. Contrarian. Uh, it's obvious. Peyton why? has had less success in the playoffs. This is the knock against him going into his Hall of Fame argument, which obviously is in the Hall of Fame. But in terms of talking about the greatest quarterback of all time, Tom Brady's already solidified the fact that he is ahead of Peyton because of his success in the postseason, whereas this is when Peyton is seen to fall apart. Uh, and this year, he's clearly not his best, and he's, you don't want to go out the way that he's going out. But the, And that's so exactly he, why... There's more on Brady because the pressure is on Tom Brady because oh. Peyton Manning oh. knows and the world knows that Peyton Manning is not a great quarterback at this stage of his career. But the world also knows that the Broncos defense is very good. So it's there's no shame in losing to the Broncos if you're uh, if you're Tom Brady. Oh, I disagree with that. The Peyton Manning and his, his teams have beaten Brady's teams a couple times in the conference championship. This would be, what, three times in a row now if that happens. This is a much better Tom Brady. This is the one part of Tom Brady's career where it's obvious that he's much better than Peyton Manning. To lose to Peyton Manning and these Broncos, a team that has had Tom Brady's number, has had the Patriots' number for the most part. He's 2-6 and six in, against Denver all time. It would Denver. it would be the worst loss you could possibly have in the AFC. What are you doing? You're nice, clapping. Nice try. That was a spirited defense. Nobody believes it. Tom Brady's already the greatest quarterback in NFL history, and the way he's playing now, there's no reason to believe he can't have three or four more great years to put even more distance but, between himself and Joe Montana 
and Peyton Manning. He doesn't need this nearly as much as Peyton Manning, who cares so much about his legacy. I could you not agree lit- more. Literally, I'm sorry to jump no, in again. No, no. I, I, literally after the game, if you had a debate about which quarterback is better, Tom and, and Tom Brady that. had just lost to Peyton Manning. Tom Brady would still win the argument of course. because of all the success that he's had in the postseason. But that's the same argument so, Peyton Manning used to win when the Patriots were beating the Colts, and no one really cared because only people liked the winners. And if Peyton Manning somehow rode off in, in, in the sunset, it doesn't matter if he's not playing the, that well. It is just like John Elway ending. It would be, an, it'd be a magical ending to his career. Absolutely. If he won. He's going to ride he, off that, into the, the Super Bowl and lose by 30 to the Cardinals or Panthers. Don't, don't, yeah, but you say that every week. If he wins this game, then he'll beat the Steelers. And beat the Pats in the He beat the a Steelers game. team without its best player. Is, if he loses, it's another postseason uh, devastating loss for Peyton Manning. Just more proof that he can't get it done when it matters. But this that's not – everybody knows that's why that. It would be that's not how this works, though, because he's no longer that Peyton Manning anymore. So if we all are in, agree- in agreement that Peyton Manning is half the player that he used to be, if that. The pressure is kind of off because if he goes and beats Tom Brady playing at the height of his powers, man, that is a, not only a huge jewel on, on his crown as he goes into retirement, it's a killer shot to Tom Brady who had no no business losing this game. What do you mean game. killer shot? How does it kill him? He's still going to be the best quarterback of oh, all time. Because if he does and then Br- and Manning retires, he will be the guy that beat him last. He beat him 3-1 like in AFC both title gone. games. Right, I agree. It would, be, it would be a big setback for the – for the Brady legacy in my mind, and for Manning it would be huge. I don't think it's a huge setback for Brady's legacy or how people view him. I'm looking at it for who's it be more devastating personally to that person. And, Wes, you're like, oh, of course he can have three or four more chances. Maybe, maybe he will. He's proved us wrong before, but he's 38 years old, and you just don't know how many chances you're going to get. This might be his last best chance. You really, you really don't know. I think maybe I'm speaking as a Patriots. Hold on. I'm speaking can, as a Patriots fan that there's no worse loss than you can have right now than to the Peyton Manning Broncos. I, I agree with Just the sentiment. your argument. That, look, Ooh, you don't know from year to year what's going to happen, but the Patriots are in the conference championship every single year. They have a really That's talented the they have a really talented young defensive nucleus. There's no reason to believe that they're not going to get even better. Edelman, Amendola, and Gronk aren't going anywhere. They're going to have a better running back situation next year and a solidified offensive have, line. They're going to be even better you in 2016. ever seen Under Siege 2, Dark Territory? I never even heard of it. Bad guy number two. Assumption is the mother of all F-ups. Don't assume that the Patriots are going to go back to the Super Bowl four more times. This could be Tom Brady's last great chance. And if Peyton Manning takes him down, yeah, it would be killer. 15 years ago, you should have said – you can't assume the Patriots are going to win the AFC East every year. This yeah, well, when he it. was 25 this is what years they old. Do. This is it for Peyton Manning. Yep. And, and, and you, can talk, you can talk about – Tom Brady might not get back to the Super Bowl. It was last February that we talked about after what they achieved and winning that Super Bowl that they don't need to do anything more, that that was the crown on top of what has been an amazing pairing between a coach and a quarterback, the best coach pairing and quarterback in the league history. So that legacy is cemented. If you're Peyton Manning and you fizzle out after this embarrassing season – and you just go out quietly against the Patriots, what are you going to do? If anything, you come back next season with Bill O'Brien's Texans and play nine games before going out with some sort of an injury. It is an embarrassing end for one of the best quarterbacks of our time. So I don't understand how we're saying that Brady, who's got another probably four years to play. Assumption. 
It, it's an assumption, but, to, but we're, not, we're certainly not going to assume that, that Peyton Manning is going to play another four years. He's probably done after this game. So I, do you want to go out with a win or a loss? I, I don't think it's – I'm torn on what's the answer to this question, but I don't think it's it's a crazy thought to go with Manning. And it's just because Peyton Manning right now, you know, we talk about the Patriots playing house money. I do think we're at the point where – no one's going to think differently of Peyton Manning at this point if they lose this game. If they lose this game, it'll be what's expected to he happen. He already lost the glow. But you, you, like, t- he's you take not, away he's some not a great quarterback You know what? Try anymore. telling that to Peyton Manning. That's like, I I'm think saying. he's the number one person that would disagree with the fact that he can just do whatever. There's no pressure on him. If you're Peyton Manning, listen to his words after each one of these games where he knows he's not the same player. He feels complete. He seems completely say lost the same thing about Tom Brady, though. Tom you Brady is at the legacy, height of his powers right now. You could say his legacy is cemented after last year. Ask him how he'll feel if he gets uh, beaten this game. But the, he'll be well, back in the same game in the next four years. Five months. Literally the anti-Payton argument, the only bullet in somebody making that argument's gun is that he doesn't have success in the postseason. So for him to lose another game in the postseason, Too gives Brady. that person more ammunition. That's never an argument that's made against Tom Brady, so it doesn't sting quite the same way. Nice discord. I'd like guys. to see someone try to make that argument against Tom Brady. That would be fun. What? The playoffs? <laughs> yeah, that he's not as good in the playoffs. Well, someone could make the argument after this, and it would be stupid. If Peyton Manning and the Colts, I mean the Broncos, win this game, they'd be like, well, at least Peyton Manning has got a winning record against Tom Brady in the playoffs. Pe- people get a little carried away with winning records, but that would be a true, true statement. Then he would. He would if, have a winning if record. He somehow then won you'd pat him on the head and ask him if they run on batteries. <laughs> he would also have won three out of four AFC title games. So it would be – Pretty uh, big deal if he somehow did win this game. But I think, obviously, the Pats are the heavy favorite here. I mean, we all know that. We'll see how it plays out. Greg shrugs his shoulders. He doesn't think it. They're three-point favorites. Vegas knows more than us. Are you still doing us. this? Vegas knows more than us. That Mark, don't are you heavy believing fa- this? Wait, you're the same guy who, who said it would be – we like it was crazy when I made an argument that it's the Packers could beat the Cardinals. Oh, that's crazy. Did they? Or it's crazy to make an argument that, that, you, that none of us even thought they'd be competitive. None of us thought the Vikings would be competitive. Our predictions or who, what we think is going to go into the game is meaningless. Vegas knows the truth. Three points. That, mm. They're not heavy favorites. That's Greg Rosenthal. <laughs> That's all going to be taken off the podcast. At Greg Rosenthal. <laughs> uh, so, good talk, guys. Yeah, we'll see. Here's the good thing, guys. We get to see the game play out. <laughs> that, that is a, a great bonus. Yeah. That was a solid tag. Thank you. See, I could do this too, Lindsay. <laughs> And lay out and wait for commercial break. <laughs> and we're back. Uh, yes, it is time now to open up the mailbag uh, because our listeners are awesome. And they uh, every time you put them on the spot and you say, hey, uh, send us some questions, they flood the Around the NFL handle. I mean, that type of loyalty, Lindsay, is not something you could pri- can't put a price tag on it. No. No, and Not even if you Scott could, Drake it would be it would be incredibly high. <laughs> no prices. She agrees. Yeah, you could invest on Scott Trade with all that loyalty mm. if you could put a, I'm a price tag. Kind on. of convinced. That you don't really know what Scott Trade does. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> I know it's the only vehicle that I would use if I had money to move my money around. <laughs> it is by far. If you all right, tell me if I'm wrong, Lindsay. Okay. Honestly, if you have money and you want to make more of it. Give it to the old Scott Trade. <laughs> that, that checks out. Yeah, that's an analysis. Well said. Let's do the mailbag. Let's hit it up. A lot of good stuff. We'll start with. <clears throat> hmm, who do we want to start with? 
Oh, I love this one. This is from, ooh, a great listener of ours, Tom. At Budgie is here. I think Tom has made almost every mailbag on this, and that's a testament uh, to his acumen in this uh, particular field. If the Cards go on to win the Super Bowl, what will the heroes do to commemorate the team of around the NFL? Good question. I mean, we have to – we need to make donations uh, to local charities, which we got to get around to um, for the teams we stuck a fork in this year. But how about this? If we pick the team of ATN back in September, they win the whole damn thing. Yeah, I think – What are we going to do? I think at that point they give us something. <laughs> I don't think it's about doing something to commemorate them. They should turn around and say, wait a minute, this group of Sears way back when – and now Wes probably deserves the most credit because he fought the hardest for the Cardinals to get in – Maybe the Cardinals need to come back to this podcast and gifts. I don't know what form of gifts, any form. Like gifts, like a moving. <laughs> no, a gift, like oh. a present. <laughs> I, yeah. I thought the same thing. I have full confidence that we know how to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the answer. We'll drink. Right. Okay. Next question <laughs> from not T W, not T Wagner, Twag eighty six. If you could take an unlimited paid sabbatical to write one book of your choice, what would the subject be? Saucy, we'll start with Lindsay on this one. Oh. Or you want me to come around to you? Yeah. All right, start with Wes, because I know he's got seven books in his mind. I think at this point it would be a book about football, but ultimately, if it was later in my life, I'd like to write fiction, and it would be mm. about a lot of the uh, philosophy that I spout on this very podcast. Mm. About right. flawed women. And Wes philosophy. Oh, but, but in <laughs> or fiction. Or flawed men. So would it be like meditations from like – West, you know, Chris Wesseling. I think I know. I think Wes is, uh, I think he's doing it. I think he's hinting at a memoir. Mm. Please. <laughs> dear, all right. Dear Jesus. Dear Jesus in heaven. <laughs> if you could give me one thing, a Chris Wesseling memoir <laughs> that if we're still doing a show, I could read passages live on air. Dear Jesus, I love you. Thank you. <laughs> well, the only fictional memoir I know of is a fan, fan's notes by Fred Exley, and it's my favorite book. So maybe fictional memoir is mm. the way to go. Mm. Mark. I think I would write a mystery type book with um like a Nancy Nancy Drew as an adult where like having been a child detective really waged war on her and she she's like the laughing stock of all her 20 uh, something friends and her remember her father was like a district attorney I think it starts with him found dead and they're calling it a suicide but she's got to save her father's honor with one final case that also allows her to move into womanhood that requires an incredibly large magnifying glass. Well, <laughs> I don't know. a lot of thought into that. I'm looking forward I, to that He definitely book. had that planned already before. Right. No, I have thought about that for a long time. I mean, it's not You'd something a, I just. I'd love to hear Mark's take on womanhood in general. So far, both the books <laughs> touch on women at some point. Greg? I don't know. I, I don't think I could write a book. It'd probably have to be football related, uh, but maybe I'll go. I'll change the, the question and instead I'll just be starting over as a tennis blogger traveling the world. <laughs> I'll start the, a the ATNFL of tennis because I, I wouldn't be a good enough writer to pull off. Do you have any hot takes about the scandal right now tearing apart your beloved tennis? That's a pretty – I think it's pretty minor relative. <laughs> something Greg's, like Greg's response to any scandal touching something he likes. The it, top it, players it, potentially <laughs> throwing <laughs> matches. But what it, the, what it really wasn't. It wasn't anything new. It wasn't yeah, anything Greg. new and <laughs> – it was like it's at the minor, minor, minor leagues, basically. Okay. Lindsay, you got one? I don't. You don't have to write a book, by the way. I don't want to write, write a book. All right, don't. So much work. What about a tell-all about NFL Network, all the stuff you saw? Oh, Just right. shred everyone. 
Lindsay burn bridges. Stories. You know Lynn's has stories. Oral history. There are mm. stories yeah. up right. there. I'll do the oral history of the no. Patriots dynasty. How about that? Stop it. You've been doing that for the last three years <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> uh, my book would be about dinosaurs. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, let's you see. You guys are dorks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on. This is from, ooh, Stephen Moore. I like this one. At Stephen Moore, 9009. How does Dan make his hair look so, quote, Hollywood from Steve in Norwich, UK. Shocking that Dan chose this. <coughs> this is a real person. No, this is, I like yes. the, oh, I like this question. It's about me. This is good because it allows me to uh, spread the message uh, of Redkin. Uh, Redkin for men. It is a molding paste, the work hard kind, max control, added texture, flexible shape, no shine. I don't know if they have it in the U.K., but I swear by it. I pitch it to people. I was at a wedding last weekend or the weekend before in which I uh, told several of my cousins about it and let them try the product. Huge Redkin fan. Apparently you Redkin is a new sponsor of the show. Yeah, you didn't even sell Scott Trade that hard. <laughs> Scott, what I said that you could get rich off Scott Trade. That's good. Next, Chris Rodriguez at Chris underscore. Will Jezelnik ever guest appear on the show during the offseason just because? Does he even know that this show exists? Greg has taken let's, – let's be honest. Let's put all our cards on the table. Greg, Greg has gone great lengths to keep us from even seeing Jezelnik. Well, why are you assuming I'm the one taking – maybe he's taking – Maybe it's Jezelnik. You. So, I mean, it's like I've, you've done that show. How many have you done now? Ten or something? Twelve. Twelve. I've still never seen the guy. I'm here every Wednesday when they take. He, he's met a lot of people. I've met him. Um. Yeah, you, Mark? I think he'd love no, to be on the. I think he'd love to come on the podcast. Well, maybe we could do that. Maybe that could be an off-season goal of the show. He's a very talented Lindsay and a popular comedian. Uh, I'm aware. Greg's best friend in the world. <laughs> All that accurate. Co-host right? of the Vanity Project. There you go. When is that on? Uh, it tapes on Wednesdays. Goes up Wednesday nights. There you go. All right. Uh, this is from Sports Guru MUFC at Simply Money One. Which two people? Let's do this one a little quicker. Which two people, dead or alive, would they would they or you like to go out drinking with? Pass. Mark. Uh, Jack Kerouac and maybe Jack Kennedy. Kennedy was on my list, too. Just a little Plus. awkward. Yeah. Mark Sessler and Dan Hanses. Oh, wow. It's not awkward at all. Yeah. You're a mensch. You guys are so cute. That was You're adorable. That was Greg. Nice. Now I feel bad because I wasn't going to say I that. have no answer. I don't know. Okay. I will go with uh, Kanye There's West and Mike Francesa. Great. Kanye Ooh, I like West. that. Yeah. What are you drinking? I don't know. That's why it'd be so exciting. Who knows what You, like, what all have happen. what you're having? I don't know. What does Kanye drink? I don't know. $3,000 bottle of champagne, probably. 3000 <laughs> What is Add it? about two hundred thousand to that. Oh, I yeah, I don't do those. <laughs> I just think that would be interesting, you know. Uh, next up, <clears throat> from Manly. Where is the one that I am anticipating? Oh, you want to do that one next? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, Linz. I mean, all of these like, ooh, what book would you write? <laughs> 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 Let's start with like, what <clears throat> book would you read? Let's cut through all the BS. <laughs> I'm just this from David Ely downstairs, okay. our editor. Uh, who would be the best current NFL player as a bachelor contestant, and who would be the worst? The floor is yours, Lindsey Rhodes. Okay, thank you very much. Mm. Uh, best, Rob Gronkowski. Mm, Rob Gronkowski, like jacuzzis on the reg. Yeah. His brothers come in and, and are like, oh, we're going to decide which girl gets the one-on-one. I mean, that would be amazing television. It's hard to argue. I don't know. The only thing I would worry about is that the Patriots would clamp it and, and mm. either have them – Edit the show <laughs> or something worse. 
but if he's allowed to do what he wants, oh, my goodness. Yeah, you have to assume it, they can do the show how they want. I think Cam Newton would be a good one. Cam would be great. It would drive people crazy, but I would like that, too. It would be a lot of entertainment. Uh, Didn't he just have he a just child? He just a baby with his long-term girlfriend, home wrecker. Mm. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> if he wants to, to be on the show. Chosen's life. <laughs> Chosen. Chosen. That's, that's something that actually happened, everybody. Um, um, I have the worst one. Yeah, worst. Uh, Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's such a great call. I totally agree. He He'd would be, be just as bad as every other Bachelor in the history of television. Bland. Like, these are um, amazing women. Oh, my Maybe God, what a phony. Yeah. Does Tim Tebow qualify for this or since he's not mm. playing anymore? Because I feel like maybe he would be worse. Yeah, but here's the thing, uh, Sid, and, you know, you're a, you're a good girl. And an innocent girl. I don't want to really delve in too deep here, but uh, HR calling. Tebow is uh, a man that practices uh, his faith abstinence. as abstinence. Uh, That's got, one. Isn't wasn't the question who would be the worst bachelor? Oh, worst. I thought you were saying best. Okay. No, I yeah, thought that we were, worst. We were talking about Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I I'm mean, with you on that. Would, would Russell Wilson end every date with Go Hawks? Oh God, <laughs> so many brand managers would be on set. Um, you know, I would, but. That was good. The Gronk one's good, but the the winner, it's clipboard Jesus. It's Charlie Whitehurst. Because he's dating Jewel. Oh, okay. We have a. I mean, how? I mean, how could you? The hair, the hat, the style, the personality. He's already. Well, I want to know that he has the personality. I know he's got like the like the long hair, and he's bad at his job. But like, and he also he knows how to play acoustic guitar. He's learning. Imagine the scene where he's playing glycerine. Sitting by the fire, Chris Harrison's right there. It's like, man, that sounds great, Chaz. And then all the girls just swooning. Wait, how about LaShawn McCoy? He's already got practice inviting all female well, was parties or whatever. He, I, I want someone who's uh, going to mix it up. He's our guest on Total Access today, so he's Ooh. going to be in the building. So Oh, well, he's a great guy. Usually yeah. it seems like I haven't really watched The Bachelor, but usually it seems like they pick like the most wooden sort of like plain person you can pick of so that the women who watch the show can basically project anything they want onto him. Is that accurate? <laughs> That's fair to say. That's I think also too comment. if you're if you're a nice enough guy that you're going to be a good bachelor candidate, right? Your marriage material from a network That's standpoint. Important. Then you're going to be careful not to say anything mean about anyone on television. And so there's really just nothing real about worst candidate they're saying. Chip Kelly. Disaster. <laughs> no, he's it'd a mystery. be so good. He'd get yeah. rid of everybody good. He's a mystery. Yeah. That's be true. Really awkward. Everyone you're rooting for at home, no Rose. Right. He's it got would, his own team building company. There would be something it's like fun. like a bunch of Riley Coopers. Like, there would be something fun, though, about having, like, a middle-aged guy who's clearly never going to be home and be a terrible husband, be the bachelor. <laughs> like, who wants to be a coach's wife? You will never see your husband. It's your, a tough If game. you have kids, they will never see him. Uh, but there'd be plenty of people who would love love to be part of the life, and who knows? I'm sure there'd be people that would go on the show. Yeah. Um, next up, this is from Manly J Panda. Uh, do you have any interest in learning how to correctly pronounce the Italian words you use? magnifico. People often think that's Italian. That's just a made-up phrase entirely. Or are they thinking of Wes? Cognoscente. Cognoscente. That that's sounds right to that's me. That's an English word. What was this person's name? Michael Panda? I don't know. Manly J. Panda, I believe. 
So the answer, I guess, is no. Uh, this or are is they interested? Come at us, Manly. Yeah, yeah, accuracy is not what Dan's usually looking for in his impressions. <laughs> it's not just me. I think he was saying the whole group. Maybe it was me. Will, at WB underscore 222, which fan base have you guys blocked the most on Twitter? I don't block a ton of people. This is more a question for Wes. Yeah. All-time Seahawks by far because they are a sheep mentality herd who brings out their army of social media clowns to defend it. You cannot mention another young quarterback without bringing up Russell Wilson because they think everything's about their team. This year, Panthers by far because of the bandwagonist fan base on earth, and they have a really big inferiority complex, and I'm tired of them. Woo. It's right. about me. All right, don't take that line down, Panthers fans. You came in <laughs> second overall, so try to try to catch up. Exactly. Good answer. Victor Triumph at VT Triumph, something like that. Uh, Greg, what will the salty New England fans blame when they lose against Manning in the AFC Championship for the third time, the throne of chaos? Oh, no. Listen to that, Lindsay. Oh, no. Uh-oh. That is a lot of death and carnage. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's like a plane crash and like a shark attack happening at the same time. <laughs> They won't be blaming anyone a couple weeks later when Manning gets blasted. They'll feel like, oh, maybe we dodged the bullet, just like in 2013. It's with, like a circus on fire. Gronk can't take another Super Bowl loss. In a corner. <laughs> uh, next up, this is from this is a good question, football question. Jackson Smith at Damson29. Most likely team to go from first place in their division to last and out of the playoffs. Uh, quickly pulling up the yeah. final standings of – the NFL season. Uh, so first out of the playoffs, Patriots, Bengals, Texans, yeah, Broncos, Redskins, Vikings, Panthers, and Cardinals. Most likely to go in last place. I will – it's going to get the Kissing Cousins upset, but I'll say the Redskins. I'll say the Redskins. I will say the Texans because – they may not even have any of their quarterbacks for next season on the roster, and that division is an absolute nightmare. I'll give the Redskins a slight edge because the Titans are still alive in the AFC South to come <laughs> into last place. <laughs> All right. It's <laughs> fair. Very true. Uh, let's see. Uh, got that one. A couple more. Oh, here's a Aww. good question. Um, when will Chris Wessling – this is from Stephen Moore – uh, Didn't also, you send another yep. one about your hair? Big job by Moore today. Steven, big day for you. When will Wes get a nice girl and settle down from Steve Norwich, UK? Wes, what is going on in your love life? I had a really nice date last night. She, Well, this girl is delightful, first of all. We've she been chatting for a She have a podcast that you're talking about it on? Yeah, she you might. okay with that? Okay. She might. So, she knew it had, everything's been going great. She tells me when... She meets me. She looks fantastic. She's wearing a black and white dress, high heel boots, and I'm I'm dressed like I'm still living on an island of two thousand people. You know, ball cap, just a regular old shirt. All right. So uh, she tells me, well, everything's been going so well. So even if we, even if one of us pukes on the other, like you're you're still getting a second date out of this. And I was like, oh great, wow. So you have to test her out. Since she invited she looked, you to vomit on her. I didn't take it as an invitation. That's love. I didn't follow through on it. Yeah. So wait, hold on. We just glossed over what Dan said. Yeah. Is it love? Well, I think it's premature to say. Do you want to know what love is? I do want to know what love is. It's premature for all that, but this is the she's a like a dual threat date. So mm. she looks so fantastic. We got to test out her throwing arm because this is what mm. you do with women. 
She's got like a Kaepernick. I hope she doesn't listen to this. She's got like a Kaepernick S delivery and and strength and Mark, a little you bit this? like scatter shot accuracy. Here. Wes is, is fired up. Is this a typical date maneuver for you? Yeah, yeah. You Let's go to test. a local high school and see. No, 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 no. We, we might have been doing illegal activities with the throwing arm because I like to at the end of dates. Wait a second. <laughs> You gotta break a few rules. I just did the Bruce Arians double take. <laughs> yeah, that <there>. was. <laughs> well, we might have been, you know, you gotta break a few rules, see if they like to have fun as much as you do, and you know, at the end of the night, you can't just abide by society's rules. I, hmm. With the throw. Because you want to have, you want to. What have does that mean? <laughs> what am, I missed something? I don't. I'm not. You want to have a cohort? You know? you broke some laws. Well, maybe, maybe. We can talk off air on that. Don't want but, us to have to go to the human. Do you, uh, one last part. thing, and I don't know if this is something for on air or off, so you know we can cut it if you want. But are you concerned about the some of the geographical issues right now for you, uh, Lindsay? I believe you're from Orange County originally. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So is this woman? Oh. Uh, is that, that far? Well, I it's... think it's it's something that can be overcome. You know, I I don't know. Like I had did a good you drive time. to her on this date? She or came versa? here. But I'm supposed to drive down there or make my well, way. Well, if down that is your biggest uh, obstacle to hop over, you're gonna be you're gonna figure that out. That's yeah. not a huge issue. I think it's important when you are looking for a prospect to find someone who can like <laughs> pull off prospect. a heist with you. And you know, she showed those qualities. I like I like getting the update on Wes's love love life, but I don't like the presumption in the question as if uh, settling down is somehow the only answer and a happy happy answer. It's like people ask like people that don't have kids. Oh, when are you gonna have kids? It's like, maybe I don't want to have kids. Shut the F up. It's like, right. there's a lot Greg, of different options. You know, Greg always has to go cynical. <laughs> Greg hates well, kids. I'm just uh, saying, I think I would, I would find it annoying I, if, that's, if that's presumed. I do want to have kids okay. with the right woman. Mm. But, you know, that that's, hadn't come along. And she might be it. That's what I just mm. learned. <laughs> well, like I said, she's a dual threat date and a delight. So we can't what's not wait to, like to about meet that? you, or, lady of mystery. Yeah. yeah. Or she's staring at her at her phone right now, playing this podcast. Slack John, <laughs> amazed that this is all coming up, and she she'll never call you back. It can go either way, really. You got to take chances in life. I like. I'd it. like to swing for the fences. And uh, finally, this from jeez, uh, um, I'm gonna. Lindsay's a professional broadcaster. Lindsay, what is this uh, person's name? I I'm, we don't read names. You're a professional. Do it. Wandile. Wandile Kabeka uh, at Wandile O nine. Uh, how about a heya, a heya, to a new NFL fan from South Africa still trying to learn the game and listening to uh, ATN podcast is helping a great deal. Heya, 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 heya. There you go. That is. Let's close up the mailbag now. It's closed. That's Thank it. God that you closed it up. Yeah. Great sound of safety. It got, it got a workout at the same time. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> uh, what do we learn today, Lindsey Rhodes? Doesn't uh, read, but doesn't watches read. The Bachelor. <laughs> Loves The Bachelor, <laughs> hates fat shaming, and uh, I know that was sensitive, Lindsay, huh? It was. We liked it. I liked it. Uh, and uh, as always, entertaining company. Uh, the Around the NFL podcast is here. The NFL Total Access is on uh, NFL Network Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Yes, sir. Uh, and you'll be heading, I assume, as the face of TA to San Francisco next week. We are headed to San Francisco Monday of Super Bowl week. Is that next? Right. Yeah. Two weeks. Hubba hubba. Two weeks from now. So make sure you check out Lindsay and, of course, at at Lindsay Rhodes. Hubba hubba just thrown down there? I don't understand. <laughs> I heard context. one. I don't know where it came from. Hey, who who dropped in. that? Sneaks in every once in a while. <laughs> Ship this entire broadcast to human resources. <laughs> They'll have a lot to sort through. <laughs> 
So there we go. San Francisco hubba hubba. Uh, we will be back on Thursday where we'll, we'll dig in in earnest to the two matchups on Sunday. So make sure you check that out. Uh, until then, this is Dan Hansis signing off for Quiet Storm. The mailman. Linz. The boss. And La Cid behind the glass. Till Thursday. <laughs> What's up? This is Nate Burleson. I'm at Real Mike Bob. This is the r Podcast. And on today's show, we yep. got a guest. We got Dayon Buchanan, and we're, pre- we're previewing the championship matchups. That's right. Hey, check us out on NFL.com, iTunes, and on YouTube. And write a review. Come on. See you later. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time and range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Dot com slash compatibility.